Welcome back to Stat Chat. I am Dave Klatsky of Colgate Men's Basketball, and we are all types of fired up here as we just captured the Patriot League Championship for the first time in 23 years. We got a couple days between the championship game and the selection show, so we figured we'd hop on the airwaves here and record a pod. Now, this one's going to be a little bit different than what I've done in the past. Um, this one's going to be more a study that we've done here at Colgate rather than you know a guest, uh, guest appearance. But I do have with me Patrick Stasiak, who is currently our director of basketball operations. Um, Pat comes, comes to us from Cortland State, where he was most recently an assistant coach. Uh, Pat, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm honored to be a part of the podcast. So what we are doing here kind of stemmed from a podcast I had with John Andrzejczyk last year in which we discussed transition opportunities, basically the relationship between offensive rebounds and transition opportunities. So in that conversation, I just didn't believe him when he told me that crashing could be beneficial. So what I did is I said, you know what, let's test it. So what we did was we tried to find a way to test this, to put an answer to this once and for all. Um, so, Pat, if you could just kind of explain what, we, what you did after every game, because uh, he did basically all the grunt work, and then we'll go through the results after that. So, Pat, kind of walk us through what you did. So after each game watching the film, I would go review all of our missed shots I would record on a spreadsheet the type of shot, whether it was a layup, a mid-range shot, or a three-pointer. And then I would record who crashed on each missed shot. If we got the offensive rebound, I would record who got the offensive rebound and whether we scored off of it or we didn't. And then if we missed it and didn't get the offensive rebound, I would record the other team's transition opportunity and how many points they scored off of it. That's pretty much it. Perfect, perfect. So uh, what we thought this would give us is if you are crashing, how many are you crashing? And if you get the rebound, the offensive rebound, are you scoring and are you, what kind of rate are you scoring at? And then on the flip side, by crashing, if you tracked how many transition opportunities there are, you could see if it was worth it. But the kicker is you also need to know how many points were scored on those transition opportunities because at the end of the day, you want to know, am I scoring more points by crashing than giving up on the other end uh, in transition? So with that being said, I'm going to start with the overall results. So in league, which I always think is a better barometer because it's light competition, um, you know, I will get into like how it worked against Syracuse and, and South Florida and teams like that. But in league against light competition, it was overwhelmingly a success for our team to crash. So out of the 547 missed shots, and I just want to uh, point out, well, I guess, uh, Pat, can you point out, did you count every single miss? Because that, that number is not exactly equal to the misses. What, what um, did you do with some shots that kind of were... Some end of the game, some end of the game desperation shots. I didn't count um, end of the half kind of full court shots that wouldn't affect the transition opportunity. Um, some weird block shots or turnovers where the you know depending on who was on the table doing stats might have had it as a shot, but it, it was more of a turnover. But that was you know just a few, not many. Yeah, I would say probably less than five percent of the 
shots. So we're probably pretty close um, to, to complete accuracy. So out of those misses, 547 misses, we got 157 offensive rebounds for a 29% offensive rebounding rate, which is pretty good. That, that was to, close to tops in our league. Out of those 157 rebounds, we scored 165 points. So that's a big number, 165 points. We'll come back to that in a second. So once again, out of the 547 total opportunities, we had or we gave up 96 transition opportunities for a rate of 18%. So on those misses, teams were breaking on us about 18% of the time. So we rebounded about 30% of them, and we gave up transition on about 20% of them. Teams scored 101 points on those opportunities. So 165 was the total number of points we scored on our offensive rebounds, and 101 was the total that we gave up. Those are big numbers. Now, if you want to go on a points per possession, which I think is also important, because I'm not saying that we were better in transition than we were in half court. I'm just saying that we did better by crashing than we gave up in transition. So those numbers equate to 1.05 points per possession on offensive rebounds and exactly 1.05 points per possession in transition given up. Now our half-court offense, let me bring this up. I, I believe our half-court offense, I mean our half-court defense was around point, let me get this number right. Um, I'll get it soon. So basically... Those numbers, 165 versus 101 is the overall numbers in league. That, to me, tells me that we should be crashing. This is a, a big difference in my, my thought process in the past. When we would play teams that broke, we would tell our guys, don't worry as much about crashing, get back on D and protect. Now, seeing these numbers, we realize that some of the best transition defense on a missed shot is crashing. And that makes sense because if you don't box us, we're going to get the ball. So you have to protect your, your uh, defensive rebounding more than you can leak out. And that to me was really astonishing and something that I was really shocked to see. So um, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to before I get into the individuals and zero, one, two, three crashers and get that exact number for you. I, I just want to hand it over to Pat and talk a little bit about what you saw in these numbers. So he, since he watched every single miss, he's a good uh, barometer, or a, a good example of what exactly was going on to lead to these numbers. Uh, one, one major thing that stuck out to me was, you know, a lot of times our, our big men, our fours and fives, would already be down near the rim when the shot would go, were to go up. So those guys are kind of automatically crashing and digging in and things like that, which when a guy's underneath there, a defender's going to have to box him out, which leaves you know, your guards and other players more of an opportunity to come and get a rebound. Like for example, Will Raymond does an incredible job of coming kind of from that second tier from the three-point line and shedding a defender and getting an offensive rebound. But I think a lot of that is due to Dana Bat, Rap Ivanovskis, Malcolm Regisford, some of our big men are to be locked in and engaged down there already, which was interesting. Uh, I think Tucker Richardson did a good job of kind of crashing and getting second-tier rebounds. Another thing I saw was um, when we would send a lot of guys to the glass and 
teams would have to box out and it's kind of, you know, it's a 50-50 ball and everyone's fighting for it. A lot of times the ball would go out of bounds. So, you know, whether it was off, you know, us sending three or four guys crashing, the other team couldn't get back in transition because the ball may have gone out of bounds. So it kind of just stops the transition right there. Um, trying, to, trying to think other well, than that. that. That brings up a, a, a really good point, I think, because I found the number. Our, our half-court our half court defense was 0.88 points per possession. So clearly when teams break, they're scoring at a better clip. But still that's not the point of this study, which says we're going to score more on offensive rebounds than in transition. And that point that Pat just brought up is really important because if the ball goes out of bounds, you get to set up your half court defense, which is a 0.88 for us on the year. So clearly better than the 1.05 in transition or a total of 0.99 in transition if you include all the turnovers and missed shot transition opportunities. So we, we believed because of this that we could crash a lot of guys. Now, one thing you got to keep in mind is who do you have crashing? So we this year happen to have a couple really good offensive rebounders. So Pat talked about our centers and our centers – he counted anytime, basically anytime somebody was in the paint or crashed, and it's a little, uh, it was a little subjective on his part to to say what was crashing and what wasn't. But since he kept it consistent over the entire year, it was pretty accurate. So your centers in our offense are down in the paint a lot when the shot goes. So, like for instance, our starting center had. 320 total crashes. Well, I'm sorry, that's, uh, that's overall. In league, he had 199 total crashes. Now, he only got 8% of those rebounds. But that's a lot of them because he's in there, and he, as soon as the shot goes, somebody can get a body on him pretty easily. Now, our best two offensive rebounders are Will Raymond and Rapalos Ivanovskis. Now, they come from the outside a lot, which is a really difficult box out. So... Will, for instance, crashed 168 times and got his rebound about 29% of the time. And Rap was 230 crashes for 17% of the time, which equates to Will having 48 offensive rebounds and Rap 38 offensive rebounds. And this is in 18 games, or plus our two playoff games, so 20, 20 total games. Now, Pat, can you just speak of when these guys crashed from the outside, what did you see? I think defenders have to react. So, you know, if you got Will Raymond or Rap Ivanowski's coming at you and Will's about six six, six seven, Rap's about six eight, six nine, they're big athletic guys coming in, you have to react. And there's so many times where, you know, a defender would be boxing out somebody and then they'd see Will crashing and kinda of have to leave. Or you, you kinda of make a defender make a decision on his box outs, which now, is interesting. Would you say that they, these guys have these incredible offensive rebounding moves, or is it just that their effort to crash led to the number of offensive rebounds they had? I think a little bit of both. I think, like, Will Raymond plays so hard all the time, so I think that is a big part of, you know, his success offensive rebounding. But I think just them running in from the second tier and, getting in the mix for the offensive rebound just forces the def- the defense to react. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so mo- moving on, because I think it's important 
like different coaches have different philosophies on should we crash none? Should we get everybody back? Should we crash one? Should we crash two? Should we crash three? And some teams even crashed all four guys besides the shooter. So um, we tracked that as well. And what we found, which makes sense, is when we crashed zero, we got no offensive rebounds. Makes sense. No one's there to get the rebound. When we crashed one and we counted the shooter, like if a guy took a layup and got his own rebound, that was one guy crashing. So that might be a little bit uh, – you could probably break that down a little bit more, but we, that's how we counted that. When one guy crashed, we got 16% of our rebounds. When two guys crashed, we got 37% of our rebounds. And that was the majority of our crashing. So uh, 227 times was two crashers. 195 was one crasher. And then three crashers, which we did 70 times, we got about 50% of our offensive rebounds. That's an incredible number. So you want to then know on the flip side, is that hurting you? And not really is the answer. So what we found was when we crashed two, or I'll start with when we crashed zero. When we crashed zero, teams broke on us 10% of the time. When we crashed one, teams broke on us 20% of the time. Strangely enough, as we crashed two, teams only broke on us 18% of the time. And as we crashed three, teams only broke on us 14% of the time. So while I would have expected that number to rise with each crasher, it actually went down. So we got broke on the most when we only had one crasher. And, and Pat, do, why? Like, what did you see for that? I think a lot of the times we only had one guy crashing – it was, you know, the only guy down there. So on a miss, it's quicker for the def- the defender to grab the ball and advance it up the court. Um, it's kind of interesting. A lot of those shots were in our transition as well. So sometimes guys wouldn't be all the way back. So not like cherry picking, but guys would be running back in transition and we were to miss a shot. <coughs> if they were to get the defensive rebound and advance it up quick, you're – in a little like transition period kind of going up and down and a lot of that depended on the type of game because some teams like to break more than others so I think the teams who put a conscious effort on breaking were to would catch us in that that's that's an interesting uh interesting take and I think I wonder if it also has to do with when you don't crash and you're just back you're not as focused in transition D as you might be, whereas if you're like sprinting back and might be able to, that, that, that actually brings me to another uh, uh, thing I wanted to talk about is, and I really hope people that listen to this pod do this for their own team because I think team to team, this might be really different. So for our team, it was very successful to crash. And what I believe is that at our level, there's not, that much conversion in transition. And what I mean by that is each team may only have one to two guys that when they get the ball and they drive down with a numbered advantage, like a three-on-two or four-on-two, that they're not going to be able to see what's open. So they have to bring the ball out and make sure they don't turn it over. So uh, we didn't track turnover percentage in transition, but my inclination tells me that at our level – Teams just aren't that good at transition offense unless it's like a one-on-oh or two-on-one, which you really don't get a whole lot on a missed shot. You get those on turnovers, but it's really – unless there's a really long rebound, you're not getting those as much. So um, that might be why this is so successful, that 
teams just in our league at least can't take advantage of the numbered advantage, the slight numbered advantage that might come with with crashing. So um, now, how successful were teams in transition based on how many we crashed? It's it's kind of it's kind of weird, but when we crashed one. Team scored at 1.13 points per possession. And this is on 195 different attempts. That's really high. And that doesn't really make sense to me. That means that, that when we crash one, teams are successful in transition. Whereas when we crash two, which was our biggest number, it was 0.88 points per possession, which is just as good as our half-court defense. That, to me, is so telling that, at least for us, the, the nuts is probably crashing two. But... When we crashed three, now teams started to score at a better clip. But the number solo, I don't know if this would continue. So we had 70 crashes, and teams broke 10 out of 70 of those, and they scored 15 points for 1.5 points per possession. So that's a high number, 1.5, but that's a low number of transition opportunities. I don't know if how accurate that would be over the long run, uh, year over year. Um, so that, that's something that, for us, I think crashing two or three – is probably best um, for us to take advantage of the points that we score by, by offensive rebounding than giving up in transition. Um, so, so back to my original point, I hope others do this. And if you do, please let me know. I don't think it will take a long time. We went through our whole season in the summer, and it takes about, with fast forwarding, about 15 to 20 minutes to go through each game and track this. But I'm really curious to know because – we do have such good offensive rebounders in Raymond and Ivanowskis and a little bit of Richardson and our bigs as well who are down there if this is just because of our team or if we did this with different levels and different teams, if the same result would happen. So please, if you're going to do this, let me know. We can kind of talk through it, but I'd love to see some results of different teams to see if this is something that we all need to be doing or if it was just you have to do it with your team and see if you're good offensive rebounding. And on the flip side, if you're good in transition. So by crashing, because we stress crashing, we also had to stress getting back on D, which means that our guards, the ones that aren't good offensive rebounders, we essentially need to be perfect in retreating. So when the ball goes, goes up, they got to get back because their numbers, like for instance, our point guard, he had 16 crashes out of 547. Our backup point guard had 30 total crashes. So these guys, total of five offensive rebounds and four offensive rebounds. Those I would guess, Pat, maybe you can say yes or no, those were probably long rebounds that just come, kind of happened to bounce and they were the only ones back? Yes, I think, you know, for Jordan Burns, Francisco, Jack Ferguson, um, some of the guards that aren't crashing as much, their rebounds were, you know, long shot, long rebound. <laughs> but... Uh, a lot of like second tier that kind of just float out, but I think they were able to get those rebounds because of our other guys crashed. So the defenders would be locked in, boxing out down low, and when the second tier rebound comes out, it's easy for quick guards to attack and go grab the basketball. The other thing we should mention is we gave credit to the offensive rebound to whoever it caused it. So for instance, let's say um, your four man crashes and Somebody goes up for the ball with him, and it goes off of that guy. Well, that won't, he won't get credit for that offensive rebound, but in our study, we gave him credit because he caused the team offensive rebound. 
Uh, same thing with fouls. If you went crash and somebody fouled you, that was an offensive rebound, like a box out foul. You got credit for that offensive rebound because even though you don't in the box score, that's essentially the same thing as getting an offensive rebound and you get another chance to score. So that is another thing that uh, I guess we should mention is we counted those plays as offensive rebounding, which means you take the ball out of bounds and you get a chance to set your offense up. So that number of points per possession includes setting your offense up, which is obviously harder than when you just get an offensive rebound or uh, get an offensive rebound and make the layup or kick it out for a dagger three. Those, those points per possession are always going to be higher. But since we did count the number of out-of-bounds plays, it dragged it down a little, but still way higher than our, our standard offense. So our standard half-court offense, according to Synergy, was – 0.96, and we were getting 1.05 on offensive rebounds. Um, so now I want to talk a little bit about out of league. So strangely enough, the percentages, well, not strange enough, the percentages are exactly the same. So we got 28% of our offensive rebounds, and we gave up 19% transition opportunities. For some reason, the points per possession in transition out of league was 0.94 way lower than in-league. So I don't know what that means. Maybe we had a bad schedule. We, we didn't count the D3 game because we, we didn't want that to drag it down. But that's to me, is I feel like we played a pretty good out-of-conference schedule, but maybe it's not a big enough number. But that, that was kind of strange. Um, looking more specifically, which, you know, as we get ready for the NCAA tournament and play a team that's obviously going to be, uh, you know, longer, more athletic, stronger than us, um, we're looking at teams that we played that are kind of that level. And we had a couple of bye games. Uh, University of South Florida was one of them. And they had two transition opportunities and scored zero points. Whereas we had 10 offensive, rebound or 10 offensive rebounds and scored six points. Now let's move on to Syracuse. Syracuse, we had 31 total transition opportunities. We got five of those rebounds. Four of them resulted in transition opportunity for three points. So still nothing that's telling me that we shouldn't be crashing against high major or mid-major plus teams as well. Um, our other pay game, Penn State. Now this one hurt us a little bit, and it hurt us early. They scored eight points in the first five misses and jumped on us. So they had, out of 30 misses, seven transition opportunities where they scored 10 points, and we had only two offensive rebounds where we scored four points. So... Um, that one definitely hurt us, probably crashing. But overall, out of conference, I can't say that it really wasn't the same result. Now, we don't have as, many, as much data, but that's why I'd like to hear from other people if they can get this done to see you know, if it's similar on lower levels or higher levels and, and see if this is going to be consistent across the board or if it was just kind of, like I said, our team being good offensive rebounders and good maybe in transition D with our guards that are smart players that can maybe make you turn it over rather than give up uh, an, an easy layup or wide open three in transition. Um, so that's kind of the gist of what we did. We, we really need to do on the flip side our defensive rebounding. Uh, that might be a, a project for, for us, and that kind of might tell us the answer to what I'm looking for. That will be done most likely – when we're done, maybe in the summer when our guys go home or when we, when we find some time. Um, but just looking at the individuals, we talked about it a little bit. Um, Will Raymond 
like I said, crashed 70, 70 times and got his own rebound 23% of the time total. In league, 29% of the times that man crashed, he got an offense rebound. So how do you not tell him to crash? Because on the flip side, and he's a maniac, so he'll crash, and it's not like he's ever going to not get back on D. He's probably still one of the first four or five guys back down the court. We only gave up 12% transition opportunities. So his points for on rebounds, 54 versus points against on the other end, 28. And you got to realize, I think what everybody sees is the transition opportunities that lead to like wide open layups. When you crash and it leads to a wide open layup, everyone's like, oh, you got to get back. You got to get back. But the reality is that's what your brain remembers. They don't count the one where you get a guy crashes and they bring it down and they just pull it out and run offense. So that's, I think, was the key thing is our eyes have been lying to us, at least to me, and this kind of confirmed that, you know what, I can't trust my eyes. I can't trust my eyes because you remember different things. So um, so this was really telling, like I said, it changed my philosophy and we kind of used it. And this is not a secret, like if you watch this play, like teams in league, coming into our game, they won the game, you know, you had to box us out. So this is just the reason for it. So I don't feel bad talking about it because it's not like you can change up what you do based on this information. Yeah, we're crashing. If you watch film, you see that. If you look at our numbers, you see that. This was just more the reason of why we're doing it. And I'm curious to see if, if other teams can, can get this done or, or, like I said, if it's just because we had a really good set of offensive rebounders that – made it worthwhile so pat you have any any uh follow up on any of that as uh as we close down here no i think that's it i think one of the important things is you know the teams that do get out and like to run we also had prepared for that so like for example bucknell really likes to get out on transition we didn't change our offensive rebounding patterns we kept it the same but you know the days leading up to playing bucknell in practice we would kind of be preaching about getting back and their transition offense. So we still crash the same amount of guys and want to be just as aggressive, but that allows our guards and the guys who do get back to kind of lock in a little more. So that's one thing <coughs> that stuck out to me as well. I think that's a, a great point because we do have a couple uh, teams in our league that really run. Um, and this was also pretty interesting to me. A team like Army that plays super fast – they got more transition opportunities, but their points per possession was lower. So what they would do is they'd break, but they might take a bad shot. So that's why the most important number to me is the total points versus the total points given up. So, for instance, like Army got seven transition opportunities against us in the first game for 21% of the time, which is, which is high. You know, our, our, our overall was way lower than that, but they only scored seven points. On the flip side, we scored 13 points on 12 offensive rebounds. So once again, that, that's what they do. They get out and go. But it still was advantageous to us to crash because it, one, probably slowed them down. I'd be, I'd be surprised you know, if, uh, if their fast break percentage wasn't more than that on a whole. But it also allowed us to kind of get points because that's what we do. So those teams, like you said, like Army, Lehigh, Bucknell, all played fast. And the results were still consistent. Teams may have broke a little bit more because that's just what they do. But we still scored more points by crashing than by giving up. Um, so that's kind of that's what we, we looked at this year. 
Um, we'll continue to do it in, in, in future years because it's, it's kind of interesting to see each guy and how they're crashing. For instance, our center, Dana Bat, like midway through the season, when I saw his percentage was so low, I was like, you got to give more effort. And, he, and we'd watch film and he'd see, oh, man, like, why did I just get back there? I could have just, you know, uh, dug into the guy to get good space and maybe I'd get the rebound. So those type things individually can help you with percentage-wise, but also um, I think as a whole, your team, your philosophy should depend kind of on data um, than kind of your naked eye. And like I said, I, I don't know if this will be true for every team. So we'll see. But that's all we got for now. I, I appreciate you tuning in. This is a quick, quick hitter here. Um, but uh, any questions, hit me up, and hopefully somebody else can get this done and we can kind of compare notes and, and see if it's uh, consistent. Pat? Thanks for, thanks for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. We're out.